Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the TT Podcast, episode number 14. Uh, today, I am jo- joined by Prince. Hey there. Hello. Um, it's been a couple of weeks. Sorry about that. We had some technical reasons why we couldn't do an episode last week, but I think we've got that straightened out now, and hopefully that won't be a problem in the future. Um, but let's get down to it. What What have you been playing? Uh, so I have been playing a really old game, which I'm sure everyone will know. And it's a multi-platform game, uh, Fallout 3, that is. And it's, I was going to say ancient. It's kind of from the dawn of this era, or last era, I suppose. Um, yeah. And uh, it's a few games behind in the series, but still a good game. Oh, yeah, it's a great game. Um, personally, I think it's better than Oblivion. Mm-hmm. However, I had trouble playing Fallout 3 for long periods of time because it was so, like the the color palette was so depressing oh yeah <laughs> it just i had to put it down and step away and just do something else whereas oblivion i could just sit down play for hours on end and it wasn't a problem because it was colorful and bright and even if bad things were happening it was still not like oppressive <laughs> okay and was that near to launch uh, in, in um, sort of time? so i was a little bit late on the um oblivion bandwagon um, mm-hmm. but not so much on fallout three. Okay. Um, I, I got looking that. At, hmm? Um, looking at it now, I guess maybe cause, cause we've sort of survived a whole generation of dull, uh, you know, the sort of dull military shooters that we went through. Um, yeah. now I'm used to it, but to me now, I think the textures just adds to it. Um, obviously they were sort of acceptable for their time, but yeah. now the textures are, are just really, uh, adding to the dullness of everything. But I, I'm sort of taking it for what it is, and I suppose um, the dullness doesn't get to me too much. Um, yeah. Certainly not more than the gameplay. That's another whole <laughs> thing. But for yeah. you, did you find, when you said you preferred Oblivion, is that a preference of the series, the Elder Scrolls series, or the Fallout, I mean, over the Fallout series? Uh, maybe a little bit of the preference of the series as well. Um, just in general, I think I've enjoyed, um, Oblivion and, um, Skyrim more. Mm. Um, but I think that at least Fallout 3 is probably better than Oblivion just from like, uh, tonal consistency and storytelling and all that. I think Fallout 3 was much better. Mm. Um, but the VAT system didn't really do much for me. I don't think I th- it was a nice throwback and, and it was interesting, but I never really enjoyed it so much. And I, I think I enjoyed the combat in the elder scrolls more so, mm. but, and I, I think I like, I distinctly remember having a good time <laughs> getting the trophies for both oblivion and Skyrim. Mm. whereas fallout 3 i couldn't really tell you much about the trophies at all yeah but i did platinum it oh well that's that's quite a lot of oh well i take that back i i I thousand uh gamer score (laughs) i played that on xbox but i'm playing it now and i'm 27 i mean i've picked up again over the last week because it's Mm -hmm. something i started years ago and i never really got into now i thought um i need a few more uh out of it so i picked up again i'm 27 hours in and i i finally unlocked my first um achievements because i had a few before i finally got level eight after 27 hours wow out of 30 now with the dlc 
So I got a long way to go. Well, you know, it's a good game. I'm sure you'll have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've been playing uh, the Bioshock collection. Speaking of going backwards, because that was a fairly early last gen game, too. Yes, indeed. The original Bioshock, at least. So I sat down and I, I had a weekend off and I started with the original Bioshock and I just booted it up on survival and played all the way through. Got the um, achievement, sorry, the trophies for not using the Vita Chamber and all that and used a funny glitch that allows you to change the difficulty back mm -hmm. at a very specific point so you don't have to play oh, the whole yes. game again. Yes, I've heard um, about this. Yeah. Um, and so I managed to get through that. It was fantastic. Uh, it's actually better than I remember it, mm. which is saying something because very rarely are games as good as you remember them. Mm -hmm. But I actually sat down and played it again. And as good as I remember that game being, it actually was better. And I mean, I'm sure part of that was the remaster and it just looks mm -hmm. better, but Part of it, I think, was noticing things more, how well done certain aspects of the game were that I just didn't notice before. And then, by contrast, I've been playing through Bioshock 2 because, damn it, I might as well get the Platinums for all of them because <laughs> I'm going to play two out of the three anyways. And so I've been playing through that, and it is decidedly less good than I remember it being. <laughs> The combat is actually good, and it still stands that I think the combat is better in Bioshock 2 than the original, though I think it was more visceral in the first, which helped with the atmosphere. Okay. But it's just so kind of ham-fisted compared to the first ham, one. Ham you know, the first time uh, I played it. Pun intended. Yeah, right. It's – and maybe I just didn't notice before because I didn't play them back-to-back, -back, but – Man, the differences are like night and day. It's just like I'm playing the second one and there there's a point where you get to this spot and this guy is like, oh, by the way, go kill the big daddies, take the little sisters and save them, yada, yada, because this person who I wronged like 10 years ago might kill me if you don't take the atom, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like you've been down here for 10 years and this person still hasn't got you. Why are you still here? You know? Uh, just dumb stuff like that. The the way the game moves and all sorts of stuff, it's just not nearly as well put together. It's very um, intentional. It just tells you things outright rather than expecting you to figure it out based on what you're doing. Whereas the first was great in that respect. Mm -hmm. It just, it shows you, oh my God, this splicer can climb up walls and this, you know, bot at the very beginning of the game, you're defenseless and Atlas sends a bot to fly out and kill this thing okay. for you. So you understand that they can be friendly and, you know, I mean, it just so many different aspects of the game or just you observed and understood Whereas the second one just tells you outright. Um, and then I still haven't gotten into Infinite, but. So you didn't play Infinite in great games. a last generation either? Oh, no, I did. Okay. So you're not <laughs> jumping a bit to get to that. You'll get there when you. Yeah. I will get there. Yeah. I want to, you know, just. I'm going to play through them in order. Um, and then I'll play Infinite and then I'll play Burial at Sea. And I had to play Minerva's Den. Um, the DLC is pretty much the only thing that I didn't okay. do in the Bioshock oh, so then in games. that case, you get the um, 
the sort of uh, icing on the cake to look forward to in the end. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to sit down and play Minerva's Den, which is supposed to be amazing. Uh, I'm going to sit down and play Burial at Sea, which I'm very excited for, even though the first one, I guess, is not nearly as good as the second one. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and just as a side note, I do actually own, I don't know about Minerva's Den, but I do know that I own Burial at Sea for Infinite and I just never got around to uh. it. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I downloaded the season pass or whatever and I just never played it. And stuff comes um, up. And then, yep. Um, and then, uh, I played a little bit of XCOM too, not enough to really be that informed, except that it plays so much better than the first one. Cause this um, is, uh, just the first one out in, uh, in, uh, interim period, right? Um, I believe so. Yeah. It came out last okay. Tuesday. So it's been out for about a week and it came out, I don't know, six months, nine months ago, I guess, uh, on PC. And was really well received. And as far as I can tell, it's still equally as dense as it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, they just do a better job of explaining what all of the different aspects of the game are and why you should pay attention to them okay. and the consequences for not. So, so far, I feel much better informed about all of the things that I'm doing. And I feel like I've done more in roughly the same amount of time that I spent on X the original XCOM. And I had no idea what I was doing in that. So would you say this game is, is uh, more welcoming for people new to the series or perhaps a little bit uh, wary of the series? Yeah. I mean, that that's definitely my first impression. Um, I'm going to jump into it a little bit more. I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited to play it. Whereas the first one, I, I wasn't too excited. Mm -hmm. um, just, because I'd never played them, the originals, and I didn't know really what I was getting into. And I sat down and I played it and I just wasn't wrapping my head around it. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one, I do feel like I've got a better handle on it and I actually want to play it. Okay. So, yeah, as much as I'd heard about, uh, as much as I'd heard a lot of praise about the first game, uh, much of it seemed to be from people who were already uh, large fans of the series or who had yeah. fully uh, dove into it and uh, immerse themselves in how complicated it can be. Yeah. And it, this one should get, this one should be much easier. I think this will be much more popular as, as popular as the first one was. Mm. I think this will be more so. Mm. Uh, although I'm thinking with XCOM too, maybe it's just because we didn't cover it in the podcast last week, but I'm thinking, mm. I'm feeling like there's less uh, coverage for this game. There's less hype for it uh, or less uh, attention. Maybe it's because I'm not uh, seeing or, all the tweets about it but well i think it's just because it's already been it came out like i said six nine months ago on yep. pc mm. so i think the people that would initially get excited about it you know the the hype train are the people that would have played it on pc probably okay. because it's always been a pc franchise um so i think you just not seeing it because the people that would fuel that are people on pc um and I, I'm, I expect that more people will come around to it over time, but yeah, not a lot of people have been talking about it lately. But it's a good ad adaptation on on consoles, right? Yeah, I mean it it works perfectly fine. Like I mean, like I said, I'm not hugely experienced with the franchise, so I, I wouldn't be able to tell you how it actually compares to um, using a mouse and keyboard to move things around, mm -hmm. but. 
I don't feel like I'm missing anything. Like I, I feel like I understand everything that I can do and I can do it easily. Yes, that's good. So. That's how it should be these days. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sorry, no, that, that's probably come out the wrong way. I meant uh, that it should feel like you haven't got the worst version playing on console, not that it should feel too easy. <laughs> well, I mean, and I'm not even necessarily referring to the, the difficulty of the game, but, yeah. you know, it is 2016 and this is the second game in the series, theoretically, second game in the series. You should have a good idea of how to set up the controls at this point, and it sh I shouldn't feel like I'm fighting the controls. Mm -hmm. You know, so, and that's how I feel. Like, I feel like I'm not fighting the controls. Everything I want to do, I can do easily. Um, and it even teaches you how to do them in a way that makes sense. So I'm already planning. Like, I'm not just reacting. I'm saying, oh, well, obviously what I want to do here is this, you know, and then I do it. Okay. So. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um Unfortunately, it's been kind of a slow news couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, not much going on, which is not terribly surprising because we officially got into the fall season, even though it doesn't really feel like it. Usually there's more going on in September, but pretty much everything good got delayed out of September. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, we would have had uh, Final Fantasy fifteen a couple of days ago, right? Yeah, that was really depressing. I'm playing <laughs> it in an alternate dimension. There's a me that's playing it right now. <laughs> Right. And who knows if it's a good or bad version of the game. It might be terribly bug ridden and <laughs> Yeah, and have to download the whole batch. You don't get it on the disc. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um but yeah, that was pretty sad. Like I was on Twitter and somebody posted you could have been playing Final Fan Final Fantasy fifteen today. Ouch. And and that's when it hurt. Like when they were like, Oh yeah, it's still a couple months out. Well, it's like four months out now. I was okay with that. Mm -hmm. But then I saw that and I was like, yeah, I could have been playing it today. <laughs> and that made me kind of sad. <laughs> but it's just uh, two left now, right? Uh, less End of than November, yeah. isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, November 29th. So mm -hmm. just about eight weeks, I think. Cool. Yep, yep. But in news of things that did actually happen uh twitch and amazon partner partnered up for twitch prime with amazon prime so if you have a amazon prime account you get uh benefits through twitch um for all sorts of different things um such as being able to subscribe to a one channel i think but uh to be completely honest i'm not totally up on twitch so i don't know what that means <laughs> oh yeah but it also gives you most of the features of Twitch Turbo, I believe. Yes. Which yeah, is I also good. That. Yep, yep. So with That's... that, um, Amazon Prime has been doing a lot lately, trying to make themselves relevant, I guess. Um, mm. And I feel like there are people who have Amazon Prime and they love it and they would yeah. not even consider getting rid of it. That's me. Yeah, wow. There you go. So now you can you can brilliantly play it on that side. And then there are people well, yeah. like me who sort of look at it and they say, okay, uh, free first cast delivery. It's pretty good if you order from them a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know what it's like in the US. I guess you, um, from what I gather, you get a lot of uh, release day games that are full price and that's pretty much it. But in the UK, we have almost always there's a deal available on a game at launch and it's from mm -hmm. this retailer or that retailer and amazon isn't consistently the best so if you consistently order from them you're gonna more yeah. likely than not be paying more than you need to well so i i'm 
pretty much exclusively digital. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter because I don't order games from Amazon. Okay. Um, but then even you're though, used to paying always the same price. So that's a, a positive. Yeah. Um, for other things, I mean, so for me living near Baltimore, I can order stuff and have it delivered here within two hours. Mm-hmm. That's a little bit extra. I have to pay. It's like um, $5 or something. So, but you know, there was an instance where I needed a hard drive cause I was working on my computer and two hours later I got a hard drive and just slipped it into my computer. You know, that is pretty good. And then, uh, uh, most stuff I can get delivered same day as long as I order before noon mm-hmm. and it doesn't cost me any extra. Okay. Um, so I mean, just the amount of money that I end up saving on shipping and stuff is totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even really, yeah, I buy all sorts of stuff on Amazon. Um, I, I mean, I probably spend enough money on like cables and stuff alone mm-hmm. to be worth it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just stuff will pop up. I, I, I buy freaking flowers from them. Like, uh, I don't live near my family. So like for mother's day or anniversaries or stuff like that, I will buy flowers and just have them sent to whoever. And the flowers are usually better than most of the ones I'd actually find in like a florist or something like that um they arrive and they're like still buds so they you stick them in the water and then they actually blossom and they stay alive for like two three weeks Hmm. um so i mean it's useful for all sorts of stuff um i use it religiously uh and this is actually kind of an interest an interesting thing that would probably get me to spend more time on twitch Mm -hmm. Um, cause I am all of a sudden actually interested in Twitch, even though I'm not general, I, I use it to watch like press conferences and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So well, this could just be before switching over to Twitch. Um, I think you may have interpreted the other half of my question. I stopped uh, my question halfway cause I was interrupting you, but I was going to say, yeah. uh, do you buy a lot of things that, uh, besides games from Amazon? It sounds like you do. So you, you get a lot of, you get a more complete package from uh, yeah. prime. So that's a definite positive. Then yeah. on the gaming side now, you've got more in Twitch, which is fortunate for you because you obviously have more than a passing interest in games. Um, yeah. But I feel like that's a feature that obviously will appeal to absolutely no one who's not interested in games. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think they do so much of their stuff. You can buy all sorts of things on there and not all of it's going to uh, appeal to everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And this is just one more thing. It's an option, I think, that helps Twitch out a lot. Mm -hmm. But it also, like you said, keeps uh, Amazon a little bit more relevant. Um, They have, like, I watch nothing on Amazon Prime. Um, Exactly. (laughs) You're missing out a lot of the package by not using that. Because that's also one of the major selling points. Yeah. So for someone like me, it might actually get me to stream stuff on Amazon, too. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So that's the thing that really makes me uh worry about Amazon Prime is it's such a grand uh bundle that it feels like if you're not using all the features you're really missing out. Um yeah. And that's for that reason you can't go in if if you're only interested in one feature then going into it feels almost like a con like you're you're just really not in the right place. Going to be able to. Yeah. Um um for so a shout out for uk listeners and and people who like uk television um you may have uh well anyone who's 
grabbed by that sentence will already know the show Top Gear. Do you know Top Gear? Yeah, um, I, I don't watch it, but I, I know a couple of gearheads. Okay, so I don't know if you know about the recent controversy with Top Gear, but the main host, uh, well, one of the three main hosts was quite racist or something, right? <laughs> uh, I can't remember exactly what he was uh, accused of, but he got in a, a large amount of trouble and it was kind of the last mm. straw with him. It wasn't one, he didn't like stab someone and that broke his clean record. It was just, yeah. he did another thing that was unacceptable and now he had to go. Um, so the BBC after yeah. much drama had to fire him and his yeah. co-host resigned uh, because they would wow. stick with him. Yeah. Yep. Um, so after that, they were signed up by Amazon to do an exclusive series on Amazon Prime. And that obviously was them again trying to do something to make people go watch Amazon Prime, for goodness sake. We're trying to make it interesting because um, they're competing yeah. with Netflix fiercely, um, obviously losing that battle, but trying to compete with Netflix. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, that's that show is starting in, I think, November. And that's another thing that will get a lot of people to now in the near future consider signing up to Amazon Prime uh, for Amazon, um, what's it called, Prime Video or something. But to pay for Prime yeah. Video, I think, is £72 per annum, whereas Amazon Prime as an entire bundle is £80. So why would anyone pay £72 just for the video when you can get everything else for £8? Wow, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as a nice bonus, the, it's not going up in price. There's going to be some extra freebies if you're a Prime member, um, extra digital goods and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how valuable that will actually turn out to be in the oh, long I was run. Looking at that. I think it's not particularly valuable, but it's going to be a nice treat, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'll be an extra benefit. Nobody's going to spend money for that, but... You know, if you're already signed up, it'll give you something a little extra. Are you going to, so are you going to, you briefly mentioned it. Are you thinking mm -hmm. of looking more at Twitch now with this? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to check into it and, you know, maybe poke around, see the benefits. Um, I could also see, uh, I don't know how many of the benefits of, of Twitch Turbo uh, it provides, but um, there are certain things in Twitch Turbo that are beneficial if you happen to be streaming. So that could get me streaming too. Um, the obvious obstacle to me streaming is actually that I have like no time ever. Um, so unfortunately, no amount of Amazon Prime is going to be able to fix that. Yeah. So, but uh, well, if you, you know, get everything delivered in two hours, that'll save time. Yeah. You know, I, I do that a few times and maybe I'll have some time to stream. Yeah. Mm. Cool. <laughs> um, so yeah. I suppose um, with Twitch, I kind of categorically uh, feel like I don't need to sign up for it. But I have yeah. been watching it more and more increasingly because, well, I want to avoid becoming um, a person who just watches Twitch as a pastime because I yeah. can't imagine the thousands of hours I would lose because I would enjoy so much of the content. I would lose yeah. days to it. Um, but I've been watching only The Division's um, State of the Game videos because yeah. they're only on twitch so i kind of am forced to go there but i watch them and i sort of uh, back away from all the other streams because there's so many out even that one channel puts out days and days of content and i just can't i get sucked in 
Yeah, it's it's always a hazard. I, I always find that stuff fascinating, and I'm kind of in the same boat. I just I don't have time to do that. Um, I mean, there are people that sit and watch people play video games, and I can understand that appeal. I mean, it's not drastically different from watching sports in a way. Um, I actually do watch a lot of video game streams, like outside Xbox. Their yeah. commentary just makes it so worthwhile. But yeah, yeah. But it's like, I mean, I'm, I'm balancing my time and it, it, my exactly. options are watch it or play, you know, yes. so I'm going to play. And <laughs> um, other news. Um, so Resident Evil 7 uh, VR may potentially have a 12 month exclusivity, but mm-hmm. this isn't actually verified. Capcom hasn't verified this. This was based on a um, Facebook posting, I believe. And the like box art or key art or whatever uh just had it printed in the lower left hand corner so this this could very easily be fake um Mm. but it is an interesting little thing yeah i think that's even though it is uh sort of the sketchiest of evidence it's um i think worth mentioning because uh uh well obviously playstation vr doesn't have a whole lot for it and when i look at the things that are coming on it and you look at the actual full games uh, yeah. Resident Evil 7 is up there and the fact that the whole game has shifted to first person natively yep. um it kind of makes you think how much better would it be I'm, I've seen videos of people playing Resi 7 with VR and it just looks elevated I mean any anyone that's yeah. played VR think of how much that was amazing and then think of how much that will multiply your Resident Evil 7 experience um yeah that's potentially a big deal it's interesting because obviously, at least at the moment, um, Xbox doesn't have any kind of VR. Um, theoretically, it's supposed to be able to support Oculus, but there mm-hmm. hasn't been any announcement really of progress on that. Yeah. So it's not really combating that. Um, and the game is supposed to be coming out, theoretically, according to this, um, still supposed to be coming out at the same time on Xbox. It's just, you know, the VR component won't show up, I guess, on PC mm-hmm. for 12 months. Um, they're just not going to support, you know, Oculus and Vive or whatever. But it's kind of interesting that they have this because I guess, you know, maybe Sony is looking at this cross-platform stuff that um, Xbox is doing more of, and maybe it's a way of combating that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like part of it is really just from a marketing standpoint, being able to say that it's exclusive just gives the better with VR thing a little bit more impact. So it's like, you know, you could be sitting there at the store and it's like, okay, could get it for um, for the Xbox or I could get it for PS4. Which one am I going to get? And one of them, you know, maybe you don't have VR yet, mm-hmm. but if you get it with that one, you could play it with VR if you get VR in the next, say, 12 months, you know? Yep. Yeah, it's um, very much like that. I, I guess... I was sort of distracted thinking, um, I was thinking of how PlayStation VR, you said better with VR, and obviously we've, we've discussed before how that's sort of a, a parody yeah. of better with Connect, which is yeah. derogatory <laughs> in its, in the end. Um, yeah. I feel, I, I'm i reminded of things that I played with PlayStation Move, and it was optional to play with PlayStation uh. Move, but I, I thought that a lot of them were in no... Uh, parodical way um yeah. they were actually better with the 
uh, PlayStation Move, it sort of enhances your immersion or your experience or your even your level of control. And the PlayStation VR for a first-person horror game, I think, will enhance that experience. I feel like so the sort of summation of that is I feel like the absolute best Resident Evil 7 experience from what I can see so far from sort of predicting what they're pitching to us will yeah. be with VR. Yeah, absolutely. Um, according to Ubisoft, um, Assassin's Creed and Far Cry may not make it out in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe it was IGN. Um, they were talking to uh, Tommy Francois and basically uh, he just came out flat out and said, you know, we tried to have the, you know, start testing a year out from when we're going to release the game. And if we don't hit that milestone, then we might just not release a game the following year, um, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, they've managed to hit every year for the past, what, seven years or something like that. So it may actually, we may actually go two consecutive years without seeing an Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. So uh, the where I stand on this is I kind of see it as, another rumor like the previous one it's so it comes from ign have in some form correspond with tommy francois yeah and he has said to them and it's not clear if this was on the record or off the record because he's right he's actually he's he's used cussing expletives <laughs> yeah. in his uh in his uh response in more than one place and uh mm. it seems like maybe it's just from the translate maybe they spoke with him in french and it's translated or something yeah. but um it seems like something he wouldn't have said as like a press release not a press release but yeah in a sort of press capacity um yeah uh, so i don't know if i don't know really where they stand on publishing this but uh as far as what he he said it seems like he's saying like the sort of what he's definitely said is if they can't make these um, deadlines, then they have the option internally to yeah. push it back. They're not saying this is your deadline and you're going to do it. It's going to come out 2017. They're saying we're going to try and we have got this policy. I don't know if it's a new policy or an old policy, but we've got this policy that mm-hmm. things are going to be in the testing stages um, for a year. And then that improves our chances of it being uh, polished by the time it comes out and that's probably a new policy right. considering unity <laughs> yeah um, um it's just my my two cents it's interesting because there's been a lot of news about um ubisoft is trying to fend off a hostile takeover from vivendi right yes. did we discuss this so much oh i, I discussed I, I, this somewhere else yeah yeah um but i i don't believe that we did but uh it kind of strikes me that he's not just addressing gamers here Mm-hmm. He is actually, it, it almost seems like if you're Vivendi, this could potentially dissuade you from buying more stock, right? Because this is oh. a negative financial <laughs> thing. And so I, I kind of get the feeling like this is another part of them trying to say, listen, we're creatives. We're going to make these games the right way and trying to make themselves look less appealing to Vivendi, but at the same time, it also makes them look better to consumers, you know? Maybe, but I'm not entirely with you on that. I, I completely see what you're saying, but yeah. I think perhaps if Vivendi took control, they could 
basically tell them to just do it because <laughs> like i said this is a policy so policies can be overridden right well that's true i i mean more so from a you know uh assassin's creed and far cry might not come out next year mm. kind of you know he's at least suggesting that it's possible that the games wouldn't be ready yeah without actually saying that they won't be ready <laughs> i feel you like know? vivendi wouldn't release them even if they're not ready that's that's fair if if vivendi <laughs> is every, everything that um they're saying vivendi is then mm. yeah that's very possible but, um in more uh concrete news uh, no Man's Sky is being investigated in the UK uh, for like advertising, uh, incorrect advertising, mm -hmm. basically um, being disingenuous. Maybe I think um, I think it's under the basis of misleading advertising, but I'm not quite don't remember. Yeah. Um, so there's a group that is basically investigating No Man's Sky and theoretically could have all um, offending uh, advertising removed over allegations that, you know, what was shown in the advertising was not actually what the game presented. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest and kind of straight to the point on this. I feel like this is kind of not a real story because people, this story, I think got headline status by virtue of everyone wanting to jump on him as guy. Uh, I kind of agree. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, I mean, you just you summarized it in your own um, description that they have the power to remove the advertisements. They don't have the power to, well, they don't assess damages. Or... Yeah, they don't generally exercise any power to uh, to sue or to stop the game in any capacity. Uh, yeah. And given that the investigation is primarily focused on the Steam listing, i.e. the photographs and perhaps the trailer um yeah all that really can happen is there i mean not all that can happen all that likely could happen if they yeah. even if they do find problem is they'll say steam put some updated images and then that's yeah. basically it so in terms of it being a proper headline it's a bit of a joke of a headline yeah and to be perfectly clear like there are some things that i think are not quite up to par with what we wanted no man's sky to be mm -hmm. but how do you say that the, the stuff in the pictures doesn't exist yeah there's just not enough time to actually be able to investigate every single freaking planet and whatever else <laughs> that's true that's and, a good point <laughs> you know i mean so what's to say that it's not and realistically uh, you know for a while i thought that the game was actually less um populated than it was you know like i started seeing more color in the game as i went through the game and i think that was just by chance you know mm -hmm. like it's very possible that people see stuff like in those videos all the time and they're just not saying anything about it because they're not pissed off about it you know mm -hmm. and it just some people have been playing the game and just by chance have never seen planets that actually looked like that mm. i think so. some of it was to do with the uh, space vessels and things that the mechanics just aren't in the final yeah. product. But um, I suppose just the, the main, the bottom line on this uh, that I feel needs clarifying to a lot of people who, who are um, excited by this investigation is that even if um, 
what's it called the A- asa even if the asa finds that um there's an issue nobody's going to be able to get a refund on the basis of misleading advertising or um because in the uk we have protections against uh false advertising and misleading uh this and that but this isn't going to be one of those cases that that, that case would be like here's a game and it has content and it's actually just like a dvd slideshow <laughs> that that yeah. would be misleading the kind of yeah. i mean that would be the level where you get refund right exactly um Firewatch um maybe being made into a movie. <laughs> you couldn't um, you couldn't stop yourself from laughing while reading it. <laughs> yeah. Um I mean, realistically, I could totally see where it could work. Yeah. Um and I could see, especially from a monetary standpoint, you make Firewatch into a game. I mean into a movie. Mm. I could definitely see where you could make a lot of money doing that. Yeah. It could <laughs> could theoretically be the first good video game movie. You know, since the, the that's what way, they say every time. Well, I mean, just from the way the game unfolds, it's really like the first time where I was like, "Well, but how would you get this to work?" Mm-hmm. It kind of would already work compared to like Portal, like the the rumors of a Portal movie, and I'm just kind of like, "There's a Portal movie how? coming. There's a Halo movie, Metroid, yeah. uh, uh, like Uncharted. Like you just kind of laugh it off after a while. It's just, just yeah. I mean, the the big problem is always the gameplay." Like, I would love a, you know, movie version of some kind of Metal Gear Solid something or other. But it wouldn't work because you could not convey, like, there's just no real tension to it if you're just watching the sneaking around in a movie. You see it all the time and it's not a big deal. You know? It just, it doesn't work. Where is oh, this? might actually had uh, Escape from New York, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, so... Theoretically, they may be making Firewatch into a movie. Uh, well, they've announced that they are. Um, so and, basically, ask again in 2021 and then see how cancelled it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and just as a note, it is a beautiful game from what I've managed to play, and I definitely recommend checking it out. Hmm. Very. That's uh, on my impactful. wish list, so I, I take you at that. Take your word at that. Yeah even just the first few minutes of it, it, it has um, a very impactful opening. So hmm. uh, from software is working on three different games. Just to um, um, sort of kind of cut you off, just to mm-hmm. clarify before you continue uh, from software makes uh, which games or has already uh, made which games from, from software is um, the group that makes um, dark souls and bloodborne and etc. Great. Um, and they are, you know, obviously quite famous for that. But before they did that, they also did Armored Core. And oh. one of the three games that they are working on is Armored Core. See, that's, what, um, that's something I didn't know. Yep. Uh, before before they got famous for doing the um, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and all that stuff, they made a bunch of other games. Um, they've been around for a surprisingly long time. Mm-hmm. But so... In theory, they're working on three different games. From if somewhere. I'm... Sorry, I, I had to throw that in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one of the games is armored, is almost certainly Armored Core from the way that it's said. I mean, it could be translated slightly different into, it's probably something like Armored Core, but it seems to be saying that it is Armored Core. Um, and then one of the other games is supposed to be uh, similar to what you would expect 
from the studio, which is presumably saying it's going to be similar to a Souls game because, like you said, you didn't even know that they made other games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I'm, yeah, I'm sure most people are. four in a row now. So, uh, well, yeah, they did. Um, they did Demon Souls, Three Dark Souls, and Bloodborne. Oh yes, yeah, so right, five, five. Um, so presumably, this is what you know. This is what people generally expect at this point. Um, and then the last one is apparently something that is really weird. Um, and he's, so Miyazaki, the, the lead developer on all, all of the big titles, um, he was saying the last thing is that another title will probably be a little bit weird. When we actually announce the title, probably fans will react with, oh, what the hell is this very weird game that Miyazaki has created? So... Take that for what you will. <laughs> I was very confused by that quote at first because I was thinking, uh, what is studi- what has Studio Ghibli got to do with this? But it's a different yeah, right. Miyazaki. Yeah, yeah, different Miyazaki. But yeah, so, and it's interesting because I, I could definitely see where they do some very strange stuff. I mean, Bloodborne, Bloodborne like the actual atmosphere of it and everything mm-hmm. was very weird, you know? So... Yeah. Maybe they turn that into a, a different game somehow and do something very, very weird. Mm-hmm. Will you be interested in the uh, Armored Core? Um, I, you know, I've never actually played them. So uh, I, I'd be interested in playing it just to, um, you know, finally play one and see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always thought it's a very interesting concept and has, I've, I've, I like how, much they go into the detail and the level of customization but personally i'm more of a sort of gundam uh, type mech fan so i'd prefer something a little bit simpler like so i'm thinking zone of the enders basically yeah um, but with more customization i played a game called um oh no i forgot the name um bum, bum, bum. but never mind it was a smaller game but you had sort of mechs it was basically in between zone of the enders and armored core and that you could customize mm-hmm. a lot but you it was very agile and it's very um sort of much more accessible than armored core yeah i think i'm kind of in the same boat in when it comes to simulation versus arcadiness i tend to uh end up on the arcade end of the spectrum um you know i i have a lot of respect for you know really intense very simulation like experiences yeah exactly but i just don't find them fun <laughs> so you know uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes uh could be very interesting but yeah oh, the game time. was called uh cyber cyber troopers virtual on oratorio tangram which is really a mouthful but it was a good game yeah <laughs> um uh so outlast 2 demo is only in, available until november 1st Hmm. definitely check out that demo and then finally uh out today uh rocket league's uh aqua dome went live mm. that's good I, it's uh, a shame that we don't have monkey brad with us today he would love that because he loves that game so much yeah um it, it's interesting it might be worth me checking it out again mm. um, so this is I, another sort of competitive uh stadium not one of the modes so there have been so many modes and uh stuff added. yeah so this is finally we get another map that you can play competitive yep and looks beautiful as well yeah and i'm I'm sure things are a little more floaty <laughs> mm. uh, should be interesting um 
So that's it for the news. Um, like I said, there's not a lot. I mean, there's not a whole lot of substance this week. Mm. Um, but that's a few of the things. Uh, let us know if you think anything about these things. And we'll let you know about other things. Um, <laughs> like our topic of the week. Yeah. Uh, which is basically what's coming out this fall. We're doing a sort of fall preview. Um, so right now coming this week, uh, Friday, we've got mafia three, uh, just, just to be clear, these are going to be largely bigger games. Um, because I don't know if you've ever looked at the calendar on the site every week, there's like 15 so many games. games that come out. Um, why and can't I hold just, all these games? Right. And it's just not possible to go over all of them a, a lot of them just you know they get released and nobody pays any mind to them um so this is going to be largely um bigger titles that a lot of people know about but the, these it's it's fall so that's really what you're here for anyways um so we've got mafia 3 coming out on friday mm-hmm. thoughts wait, wait this is on friday this is uh this coming yeah yep um and like three days away at time so mm-hmm. so do you know do you have any sort of reviews for it? Um, it's only a few days so, away. yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I've seen a lot of uh, preview coverage. Okay. Um, however, just as a side note, um, IGN just posted a note being like, uh, the review is going to be late because apparently they're not being provided with any kind of review copy. Mm. Um, not even like they're getting it on release day or whatever. They're just not getting one, um, which is very unusual. And it's usually not a good sign. Who is um, IGN anyway? They're only the biggest uh, games website. Right. In the I mean, world. like if we don't get a review copy, it's probably because somebody forgot about us. Um, <laughs> whereas if you're IGN, usually people don't forget about you. They just intended not to give you one in the first place. And so you have to wonder, why didn't they provide a unit uh, for a review? And so it can be a little bit tough, and it's not always a bad thing. Um, there was a game recently, and for the life of me, I can't remember what it was. Um, but the game, they didn't provide copies until the day the game was released mm-hmm. because the update, the day one update, like drastically improved the game or something. Uh, totally escapes me and the game reviewed fairly well um but you know take that with a grain of salt um usually these kinds of things are not the best sign um regardless i'm still excited for it because most of the stuff that i've seen has been really good um lots of interesting things going on uh lots of uh interesting social commentary um so okay so be place your bets on whether you think it it's it will actually be good i mean not just that you'll enjoy it but whether it will actually be a good game uh, yeah uh go go with uh let's go with a metacritic rating um because if it's if they're not going to give a review copy to ign Mm -hmm. then it has to be pretty disastrous or they've got some other good reason so i'm gonna say let's say that the game is a uh over under on a a 6.0 or 60 or whatever that's pretty that's pretty rough for a right game. So, right so either they're they've got a good reason and mm-hmm. so i think anything over a six is pretty reasonable you know it could be less than great 
but still a good game and not be terrible and worth not sending out a review copy. And then Under Six is not really a great game, um, and that's probably why they didn't send out the review copy. So place your bets in the comments um, and let us know whether you think that it's going to be a disaster or it's going to be good. Hmm. Well, I suppose uh, perhaps uh, by that time it will be out or on the eve of out. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll find out sooner rather than later. Mm. Um, Batman Arkham VR is coming out soon. Um, oh, when is that? I, I didn't write it down. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it's in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, VR um, is uh, next week in a bit. Oh, that's uh, you know what? That's probably what it was because it it'd be. Um, I, I was thinking like a week and a half or so, which would put it on the thirteenth. Actually, yes. so uh, it's probably coming out on the thirteenth with um, the PSVR. Excellent. Um, oh, have I you heard that, anything about I, it? I, I kind of really want to play that, but I'm not planning on getting VR yet. So, yeah, <laughs> um, I've heard good things about it. Um, it doesn't sound all that entertaining from what people say, but people have been raving about it. So, oh. yeah. yeah, part of it perhaps comes from how boundlessly excited you get when you look down you come you're wearing the yeah you're wearing yeah. the bat suit right I, I think there's probably a certain level of immersion when you know you use the grappling hook to move around an arena even though you know it's it's being used because you can't move yourself around and so you have to move from point to point i'm still that i'm sure that's still a pretty freaking awesome thing to do in vr <laughs> yeah yeah um so that's coming out. Uh, it's another Arkham game. It's the Rocksteady team. And apparently most of their team has been working on it. So this isn't like some, you know, tiny, small subsection of the studio. Mm -hmm. This is actually like the main team for the most part working on this. So it's probably going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. um, we've got Rigs coming out, which is going to come out the same day on October 13th. Yeah, that's uh, it's a PSVR. Yes. That's, that's probably the biggest um, PSVR release game. Um, mm -hmm. Just it's the one that people have been talking about. It, it's certainly the most gamey of the uh, games. Um, it's also the one that I've heard uh, most people getting sick on, <laughs> um, just because the the motion is so, I guess, abrupt and fast. Um, I could see where it would cause issues. You're not getting VR, right? Uh, I'm resisting temptation at this point. Yeah yeah part of me thinks oh. it's not it's not hideously expensive especially compared to the pc counterparts but yeah um, and also the fact that it's very unlikely to have a significant iteration so it will pretty much last for the lifetime of ps4's vr um, one can assume yeah. uh don't hold me to that if we come down to the line and it changes but um so i would invest in it I mean, I would be happy to buy it sort of as an investment, but at the same time, I don't know if um, if it's going to get enough support for me to feel like I need to buy it. For example, the move was obviously not the same. Not disaster. Yeah. I mean, it was a disaster. Yeah. Um, the peripherals have a tendency to not do great. So um, I'm sure I, I'm going to see about maybe getting a headset uh, on October 13th. I didn't manage to put down money on a, a headset. So I'll just have to see if I can't find one. Um, yeah. But I, I think, you know, uh, most of the units are already sold out. So by the time you have a chance to actually pick one up, you're going to have seen dozens of reviews for dozens of games. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I think people, by the time they have the chance to buy one, will have a better idea than we do now, whether or not it's actually worth it. <laughs> I feel like I don't really doubt the launch variety, especially I've seen, well, maybe some, a lot of these are PC exclusives, but I've seen people having an absolute riot on even just one particular um, VR game, like, yeah. for example, the job simulator and stuff like that. But yeah. So in that sense, one game alone could be so brilliant, it justifies it in itself. But at the same time, in terms of once the initial uh, buzz wears off, and no matter how good those launch games were, if you only mm. have good launch games, you're going to hate the peripheral after time. Yeah. I I hope there's good support. And I'm sure, I, I think this one is just a little bit too big to fail, really. There's just too many people doing it. So there's going to be competition. And so I think it's going to last, but... Okay. Um, we've also got uh, we've got a series of shooters coming out pretty much one right after the other. Oh, we've got okay. we've got Battlefield One, Titanfall Two, and uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare um, yeah. coming out within just a few weeks of each other, I believe. Uh, picking any of those up? Well, as as for me, no. I mean. Well, technically, maybe I'll get Battlefield 1 in part of a bundle and then I'll try and sell it. But for me, none of these interest me enough to play them because I've kind of been there, done that. But yeah. I was thinking, looking at these, well, you've, are you planning to get any? Um, it's actually, you know, out of this list, I'm planning to get almost all of this stuff at some point or another. Okay. Um, just for the hell of it. Um but really, the, the out of these three games, the only one that actually interests me is Titanfall 2, only because I enjoyed the first one so much. I see. And I can't wait to play it again. Um, Battlefield 1, uh, I don't know. I just, I haven't gotten into a Battlefield game since Battlefield 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is just, it didn't look that appealing. Um I'm sure it, people will have a blast with it. The only thing really appealing to me is actually the setting, but the game itself just doesn't appeal to me. Um, and then, hang on, hang on. did you just say you're not getting Battlefield One because you already played Battlefield Two? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's how it, how uh, coincidentally frames itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, Infinite Warfare. So it looks interesting, but. Uh, there's just the past few Call of Duty games I've just gotten burned more than anything. Mm. Um, I, I haven't really gotten into a Call of Duty game since Black Ops, and I've played several of them. I played um, Black Ops 2, didn't really enjoy that. Played Black Ops 3, and I think I wrote a review about it, and I really didn't like it. All right. Um, so, and then this one, and I, I got Advanced Warfare, and modern warfare three and like just none of them really have been all that satisfying like i hop into the multiplayer and play it for a couple of days and then i'm done so uh, that I, means yeah that's that's what call of duty is all about playing the multiplayer for forever so right and usually i mean before so black ops was like the last campaign that i really enjoyed mm. um and i i did i really liked that game as a whole the multiplayer was fantastically balanced the story was interesting but that was the last one where that really happened mm-hmm. so you know the multiplayer in most of them has been pretty good but i don't think any of them have been quite as well balanced as black ops um and the campaigns have just been kind of terrible by comparison for the most part mm-hmm. so 
So you're not gripped by, I mean, not gripped, you're not even tempted by the Modern Warfare remaster in this. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I very much enjoyed the first one, um, yeah. but I have, I don't feel compelled to replay it. Um, right. It's, it was a fun campaign, um, but it's un- unlike Bioshock where, I mean, there's just so much going on. The atmosphere is great. The story is compelling. It, it's a, you know, piece of art on every level. And just looking at it again is, you know, you, you get to experience it a little bit differently because, you know, you've changed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you find something new there. I don't, modern warfare just doesn't scream to me like it has great moments but you know the whole like twist scene in the middle or um the what there's the part with the snowmobiles if i'm remembering my ordering of games correctly and all of that stuff it just i'm gonna I, i could play it again but i don't think that i'd get any special kind of enjoyment out of it mm. especially especially in retrospect like the newer games have done those things well they just weren't novel you know that's what was so great about that game is a lot of those things like just the way it was done it was so cinematic it's a really novel feel um and you get a lot of those kind of cinematic scenes and over the top action and it's all been done to death since then so i it it would not carry the same novelty mm. I'm gonna uh, give you. I'm gonna give you the point on uh, about Bioshock and that it's it's a kind of art where the the what you take from it changes over time as as the viewer changes, and that's quite yeah. a significant thing. I don't know if anyone else was thinking that, but I think that's quite a good point. Yeah. Um, so for me, uh, the only one that I'm actually interested in is Titanfall Two. Um, it, we'll see. I mean, if Infinite Warfare comes out and it's actually phenomenal, <laughs> that I, I could very well go and play that because I enjoy the mechanics of it. Yeah, but if but, you start late, then you'll just be a scrub. <laughs> well, and that's the thing I'm is kidding, like, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, the the multiplayer has always been kind of the second part of that game, and for the past, you know, ten games it's been the part that I ended up turning to and enjoyed when the campaign didn't do what I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. I go for the campaign. I just find the multiplayer entertaining after the fact, you know? So, um, we've also got, uh, dishonored Two, which I am very hopeful for. Yeah. That looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you get to play as both Corvo and Emily in this Mm game. Um, Sorry, I and guess I, think I they seem just to have... spoiled something for some people. Um, I don't. Well, that was in a lot of the. Prom- some people might be really staying away from it, but that was in all the promotional. Material. Yeah, I mean, if you didn't already know that, and you were interested in Dishonored Two, then it's probably already been spoiled for you. But I guess theoretically, that is kind of spoiling a little bit. <laughs> um, a bit. But yeah, I would say spoiling the first game at most. Yeah, I mean, realistically, I'm sure you can figure out how the first game is going to play out. <laughs> it's mm. it's not really doesn't take rocket science to figure out that eventually you win the day. So, um, but you get to play as both Corvo and Emily, and they're so both supposed to play differently, which yeah. should be really interesting. Um, just you know, 
the variety in the first game was obviously a huge selling point. So the idea that there is theoretically even more variety is really interesting. Yeah. From what I've seen, it's got a sort of um, Jacob and Evie Fry dynamic, that being Assassin's Creed Syndicate's uh, Mm -hmm. dual protagonists. Um, Which I enjoyed a little bit. I mean, realistically, in the end, I think the way they played off of each other was more interesting than their gameplay differences mm-hmm. um, so hopefully this this can actually do what we kind of hoped that syndicate would do is give you two characters that are really actually very different hopefully it's had like what a year to uh to build on that uh basis i'm not gonna say it's it's a rip-off yeah. i just mean it's sort of it should be uh, oh yeah really in that sense and i think that corvo i saw someone playing corvo in the very loud way and i saw someone play um What's her name? What's the Emily? lady's name? Emily's. Um, I saw someone playing Emily in the stealthy way. So uh, it seems to be that they are designed with that difference. But of course, Emily has this ghost, uh, well, this sort of dark shadow power and all this. So their powers do seem to differ quite a bit. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, I, <laughs> I might actually be wrong about her name. It is, I think it is Emily, but Jesus. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting here talking about it. I was like, wait a second. It is Emily, right? Mm. I think it's Emily. So I, okay. Uh, so you you have a quick check of that. Uh, I'll introduce the next game on the list is Watch mm-hmm. Dogs 2. Uh, so yeah. uh, Ubisoft fans will remember Watch Dogs and it's sort of um, uh, techie uh, hacker spin on the open world yeah. formula. Um, and the protagonist was famously, well, infamously... Uh, thought to be quite dull and watchdog 2's protagonist has taken a more much more um vibrant and youthful attitude and he's got a companion who's got a sort of uh, <laughs> animated mask which looks fantastic yeah. he's got he's got rock, like punk rock spikes and um it's yeah. got much more of that playful attitude to it um, and yep. a ton of gameplay in- improvements. They seem to have gone with this sequel. They seem to have tried their best to not do the very slow iteration. They've tried their best to do the sort of Assassin's Creed one, two iteration. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause I get the feeling that um, that comparison might be even more apt than we think it is. Maybe not necessarily in quite the scale, but like, even when you look at the original watchdogs, mm-hmm. like I, I, got the platinum in that game and i can tell you that there's aiden pierce he has a sister and a nephew and his niece died and then there's t-bone and that girl and i that's it like i i don't remember really any of the characters whereas it does seem like they didn't just give you a more interesting protagonist but you they also are trying to create a more interesting group of people around that character yeah so you do have you know you actually get into dead sack and you get to see you know these people that are you know hacktivists or whatever and have this really kooky sense of humor about all the things that they're doing Mm. um and so i mean and if they're anything like t-bone i mean t-bone was the main selling point of that first like as characters go he was really the only decent character in that entire thing so <laughs> if you've like created the, uh, the the female character in watch that's one the um Aiden's friend 
friend. Yeah. Um, she, honestly, I think she was more interesting before I actually met her. And then once I met her, she seemed significantly oh, yeah. less interesting. Okay. Careful, um, careful there. We, we don't want to spoil that particular. Uh, yeah. Um, so, but I, I think, yeah, I think T-Bone was definitely one of the more interesting aspects of that game. And um, I think creating a group of people that are like him, but in different ways, like they're, they're still kind of quirky and whatever, um, mm-hmm. but in different ways, I think could really work out. Um, and it does kind of remind me of Assassin's Creed 2 in that way. Like, it wasn't just about Ezio. It was about, you know, the various characters. You know, it was about, um, oh, God, Leonardo da Vinci and his uncle Mario and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. and very hopeful. I, uh, another thing I read in passing about Watch Dogs 2 is that they're trying to, with this game as the first, they're trying to move away from the sort of uh, Ubisoft formula of, uh, climbing the Ubisoft and, games. <laughs> well, yeah, of climbing towers yeah. and having uh, uh, sort of little objectives sprinkled about all over the place, and it just becomes a to-do list. They're trying to move away from that in this game. I don't know. I kind of doubt that they'd have... The Watch Dogs formula is too much dependent on that, I feel, but we'll see yeah. if they have uh, success succeeded in evolving the gameplay with this game. As well yeah, as I, I hope so. Um, but, you know, I, I'm down for it. Is many flaws as the first one had i did have a good time so the gameplay did feel pretty good for the most part so yeah. i'm looking forward to that i liked it too <laughs> um so, did you find for dishonored too yeah i was just gonna say i just looked it up her name is in fact emily <laughs> so I, I feel better now um so after watchdogs 2 we're gonna have final fantasy 15 finally yeah, um, finally. This is one that I have pre-ordered and I'm getting. I'm really getting. There's not a lot of these games that I'm uh, buying on release, but this is one of them. Yep, absolutely. Um, I've had it pre-ordered for like six months. <laughs> <laughs> I I played that demo, the, what was it, the Platinum demo or whatever. And I was like, I can totally get down for this. And mm. I pre-ordered it right there and then. Um, and I'm just waiting for it to unlock at some point. Yeah. Um, I have a but pre-order that's... for thirty-two pounds, which is twenty percent below the RRP in the UK. So that's quite a good deal, I think. And I'm, it's the day one edition, of course, because yeah, why would you get um, anything else? <laughs> yeah, I think I'd probably have to get it anyways. I'm just die-hard fan, Final Fantasy fanboy for the most part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just they've done they've made enough great games that I'll go out on a limb. Yeah, even um, if it's not good, I. I want to play it so I can have my own opinion and say, yeah, maybe maybe I agree it's not good and this is why I think it's not good, but this is what I did like about it and this is what I look forward to in the next one. Yeah, it's it's definitely a large enough game that if you, if you pay attention to video games, you kind of want to have an opinion on it, you know? <laughs> it's such a landmark release, having been in development for 10 years, whatever, um, you know, you just kind of want to play it and figure out if it's actually as good as you hoped it would be. Mm. Um, and just playing the demo, the gameplay felt good. So hopefully it'll capitalize on that more. So, Oh, I need to, uh, I haven't played, I've been saving, I've got both demos. I'm just saving them until oh, yeah. when it was almost out. Because, you know, I was thinking when they announced its release, well, they, when they gave out the new demo, I think it was in March, I thought yeah. I can play it now and then wait six months and then yeah. it'll come out. But I'm, 
good thing I didn't because now that would have been what eight months. So yep, um, I had I guess I had a feeling I should wait until closer. <laughs> yeah, well, I think at this point you don't have to worry about them updating it anymore, and you can just play it. So you're out of excuses. Yeah, I feel uh, like um, so for me, Final Fantasy is like a cornerstone of my gaming uh foundations i don't know where that yeah. metaphor goes but um i i'd say the other thing with final fantasy is well i i don't know if you had anything more to say about 15 what did you did you Were want to say anything else about 15 because i was going to bring up the other oh. final fantasy game on the horizon oh oh go for it uh, do you know do you know which one i'm thinking of uh, world of final fantasy that's it you know all right <laughs> bonus points um so i i forgot about that one yeah well there you go i, I gave it to you as a hint but i didn't tell you explicitly uh, yeah so um, 15 is in two months but in right in the middle in one month we've at the end of this month we've got mm-hmm. world of final fantasy which is of course the chibi um yeah sort of i guess pokemon-esque uh yeah dragon i don't know what others it's kind of it's not like a main fun fantasy it's, it's i compared to different games but yeah i'm looking forward to it i've got that pre-ordered too um and yeah i'm gonna i think i might wait and see um just from looking at it like i don't quite understand the gameplay per se i don't know what i'm doing other yeah. than collecting all these basically um if you haven't been keeping up with it, you're basically new characters. They kind of did the um, Kingdom Hearts treatment. So you're just, uh, you've got a couple of uh, new characters that enter the world of Final Fantasy and you can collect all sorts of uh, different characters from throughout Final Fantasy, like Cloud and Sephiroth and um, I, I can't Sephiroth think of maybe, uh, uh, Cecil. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Uh, but there Cecil are certainly other characters Sid, you want And you can collect different um, summons of, you know, Bahamut and all that kind of stuff. And um, But how all of that actually works, I have no idea. Um, aside from being able to stack them, which they weren't clear on what the actual benefits were, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then so you're you can be running around with like little chibi characters standing on your head. Yeah, literally um, standing on your head. Yeah. Um and so and it's funny cuz like I look at it and it seems like it could be a lot of fun. Um and it looks friggin' adorable. Yeah. But I don't know, like I look at the pictures and I'm like, "You know what? I think I'm good. Like these pictures are really cute and I think that's all I need out of this." Yeah. So We'll see how the reviews go on that one. I'm a little skeptical. Yeah, I'm sure I'll need to set aside a large amount of time because it seems like one of those 100 plus hour games. Yeah. Um, after that, we've got Star Trek Bridge Crew, mm-hmm. um, which is not actually a big game, I don't think, for most well, people, but I'm super a lot excited. Of excitement. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I won't belabor that anymore because you already heard us geeking out over that a couple episodes ago. Mm, you um, and Ace both were very excited about this when you said oh, this yeah. is, of course, VR exclusive, right? Uh, yes. As far as I'm aware, it's a um, it's an exclusive, and I think you used Move Controllers for this one, um, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, it, it looks like it'll be a lot of fun. Um, it's something when I found out about it, I freaked out and like immediately had to tell my wife about it. Like I ran down the hallway and was like, Oh my God, I get to be Picard. 
Buy um, two PSVRs, so. play it with them. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Buy an entire another setup. Um, and then finally, at the end of the year, uh, we've got The Last Guardian and Gravity Rush 2, which are coming out pretty much on top of each other. Yeah, is The Last Guardian really coming out? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I guess so. I mean, people are pretty convinced that it's coming out. Okay, so okay. Uh, hopefully it does actually come out. Um, the world doesn't end before that happens. Mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, theoretically, if Final Fantasy comes out, then I guess this should come out too. So yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> then I actually... I've been meaning to check because they were they were announced around the same time. I want to see if they were actually announced at like the same E3 or what, Doomed. you know? Yeah. I, I just want to check real quick at some point and, and see if that's actually the case. Um, I'm interested in that. I don't know if I can say that I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I love the hell out of friggin' um, Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah. But, you know, that game was also a very... Um, clumsy game just you know mm-hmm. the mechanics and gameplay were fine but the controls weren't great yeah um and so it was a very interesting fun game to play but if this control scheme matches something closer to 2007 or 8 or whatever this could be a really clunky game to play yeah that's what i was thinking, that's what I was thinking. um so I feel like mm. with The Last Guardian, we have to be honest, um, whether you're excited about it or whether you're sort of just watching uh, uh, to see what happens, I feel like we have to be honest that it's probably going to be really clunky. Based on the previews that we've heard, uh, people who've been hands-on with it, that seems to be one of the major concerns. But that, again, seems to be something that if you're in the right mind that you can be at peace with that, then that probably won't bother you at all. Because, um, I mean, people still play remakes or not remakes remasters or even just play on their ps2 right um, and you know being dubbed a ps2 game is not itself uh, a crime <laughs> no certainly not and i mean it's just the nature of learning to play a game if the controls are different or whatever you, you adapt you know yeah. at some point you're going to get used to the controls but still you know it could take a little getting used to you're it's a little easier to forgive something that came out 10 years ago for being clunky. It's like, well, can't really blame it. It obviously didn't keep up because it wasn't in development. It already came out, you know, Hmm. whereas this one's a little bit harder, but they should have called this the last guardian remaster. They would have got away with so much more. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Well, (laughs) I mean, we made it 10 years ago. We just didn't bother to release it. So here's the remaster. It practically (laughs) is. It was supposed to be a PS3 game, right? So it practically is. Um, and then Gravity Rush 2 is coming out, but I pretty much haven't heard anything about that. Um, yeah. It's funny because people are really talking about it mostly because The Last Guardian was delayed and is now coming out right on top of it. Oh, But that's like all I keep hearing about it is that, hey, you know, Last Guardian is coming out like, what, four days from Gravity Rush 2. So that's not a good sign. I was thinking of how many possibilities there were for saying when you said the last guy is releasing on top of it how many possibilities there are for a gravity-based pun but obviously yeah <laughs> that's just going to be flipped on its head so. well i guess it depends on if the last guardian is any good or not because mm. <laughs> there can be a lot of puns about it falling oh yeah oh uh, yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> that was dark that, 
Yeah, that was dark and not particularly a great joke. So we'll, uh, we'll leave that behind. But um, I'm, so I'm looking forward a lot to Gravity Rush too. I think that I haven't yet put down a pre-order, but I think that's one of the ones that I am going to want to buy on release day. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, those are our thoughts on what's coming out this fall. Uh, let us know if there's anything in particular that you're interested in playing. Um, are there any that you are getting on day one or that you pre-ordered? Are there any you're waiting on? skeptical of let us know um let's move on to the releases we'll probably fly through this because we're running a little bit long Mm -hmm. um coming out this week we've got uh mafia 3 coming out on friday digital and retail also digital retail on ps4 is warhammer end times vermintide which it seems like it's actually being quite literal about the vermin part (laughs) um some kind of like rat men or something like that um yeah uh for ps4 digital we've got uh a bastard's tale um whoa 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 yeah language sir uh pardon my french (laughs) um so it's it's supposed to be i guess like a dark soulsy inspired game the key art even has a guy in that very like iconic armor um but i don't know what it actually entails Okay. Uh, we've got Aragami coming out, which I'm actually looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the stealth fact, game we uh, mentioned last last week. Yep, not last week, the two weeks before. Yep. Um, in fact, uh, I actually just started downloading this before we started the podcast, so hopefully, mm-hmm. I'll have something to play while I'm editing. The um, reviews for this so far have been very mixed, but some of them very positive. So check them out. See if you uh, you if it is your kind of game, then it's probably a very good fit for that. Yep. Um, we've got a couple of Atari flashback classics, volume one and volume two. Um, volume one has combat centipede sword quest, star Raiders, and more. It doesn't actually say what the more is. Uh, and then same with volume two, you've got asteroids, haunted house, adventure, major havoc, and more, but we don't know what the more is. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it could be one game for all we know. Um, sounds pretty cool. Yeah, you know, if you haven't played those games recently, I guess you could pick that up. But I probably own all of those, you know, all the games I want several times over at this point. Hmm. Um, We've got uh, Dead Synchronicity. Uh, Tomorrow Comes Today, which is a story-based game of some kind that looked kind of interesting about um, the end of the world and this guy who has to figure out who he is and figure out what brought around you know the collapse of like humanity and why people are basically dissolving into blood puddles <laughs> wow um yeah uh but the uh, art style looks particularly interesting it's definitely got a inspired by the walking dead kind of look to it oh. so uh we've got rogue stormers which i think is a twin stick co-op action game of some kind um space space hulk ascension um which uh from what i understand is just more space hulk which if you like space hulk that's great um uh you know it just doesn't look as interesting as i remember the original space hulk on 3do being albeit it was probably a terrible game but back then man i was all about that okay um tropico 5 complete collection is coming out um so i'm guessing that's tropico 5 but with all the stuff yeah there was some expensive dlc on that mm-hmm. um and, and you know tropical 5 has been fairly well received so probably an enjoyable game mm. um viking squad 
and then Wheels of Aurelia, which is a apparently it's a short game. It only takes like forty five minutes to get through, but it's supposed to be very replayable and story driven about some oh. yeah about some woman driving up the Italian coastline and yeah um, yeah now I remember reading about this yeah yeah so you know if you're looking for your um, indie art house game this week it's probably going to be that hmm. um, whereas. Aragami is probably going to be a little bit more on the gameplay end of the spectrum. Yeah, but bear in um, mind, Aragami is a lower budget game. I'm sorry? Aragami is also, it's not a AAA game. It's also a bit low budget. Oh, yeah, yeah. Aragami is definitely a much smaller indie style game. Uh, it doesn't look it, but it is very much a smaller team game. Um, and then it retail for PS4, nothing. Uh, the PS Vita got nothing. Um, so just a bunch of stuff that PS4 digital and digital and retail. So, okay. Cool. Um, and then we've finally, we've got uh, the PS Plus for October, which uh, should be today, actually. Uh, oh. We've got, yep, it's on Tuesday, right? Yeah, it always catches yep. me out. <laughs> yep. Uh, so for PS4, we have Resident Evil HD Remaster, um, which has got a 1.99 ratio, 45 trophies, and a platinum. Hmm. Uh, you get Transformers Devastation, which is a 2.81 ratio, 31 trophies, and a platinum. That's pretty um, good. Which, yep, which is actually, if I remember correctly, the uh, Transformers game that people liked. It's the one that was done by Platinum. Um, yeah. Eh, it's still also not like a great game. But it's supposed to be the best, I guess, of the Transformers games. Um, you've got From Dust on the PS3, uh, 2.38, 12 trophies, no plat. Um, I remember the, this was an uh, Xbox Live arcade game at some point, if I remember. Yeah. It is uh, it's a good a, game. It's a sort of action platformer with a nice uh, art style. And, yeah, uh, it's... Just, just like it, a very it, good difficulty level. Yeah, it's a... Um, it's like part God game too, right? Uh, God game? Yeah. Oh, sorry, like from you... Dust. No, sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're right. From Dust, not... Um, I'm thinking of the other game, Dust something. Oh, uh, Elysian Tale? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yep. Which actually, if I remember correctly, came out the same year, even okay. though, you know, like Elysian Tale was in development for like five or six years or something. Yeah. Because I forget a, what I said God. that it's absolutely not an action platform. <laughs> yeah. Also a fantastic game. You should check that it one out a, too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly a God game. Um, and it's yeah. Good. Um, yeah. It's some kind of God game in the, um, fashion of, uh, like Populous, but it's a little bit more puzzle based. Um, there's, you know, you got to protect your people from all sorts of various hazards and, yeah. you know, this volcano erupted and you need to protect them from the volcano and stuff. If I, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah, the gameplay comes from sort of, uh, creating well taking and placing land and water and mm. controlling the environment well not controlling influencing the environment as much as you can while other things like volcanoes and storms and things like that come to wreck your place up so you yep. don't have you have a very limited amount of control for a god game but it's very yep. good in the depth that that comes to yeah um and then there's uh mad riders uh, 1.52 ratio, 15 trophies, no plat. Uh, I have no knowledge of that one. I don't know. Um, yeah. And then on Vita, we've got two games. Both of them are going to be a little bit uh, visual novel-y, if I remember. Okay. Um, we've got Code Realize Guardian of Rebirth, which is 1.13 ratio, 32 trophies, and uh, platinum. Um, it's kind of a, an, it's what they call uh, the Otome games. 
yes. which is uh, like had a full boyfriend and stuff like that. It's one of those, um, you know, you're this girl and there's all these guys and dating and stuff like that, um, mm. which is not necessarily a bad thing. I'm not trashing it. I'm just saying that's actually how the game. Charm. Uh, yeah, it's it's very character driven. Uh, if I remember correctly, the story is basically about this girl whose um, skin like can poison people. So if people whoa. touch her, they become poisoned and die. Um, yeah, <laughs> so this week. <laughs> especially for a game about like dating people, um, which actually, upon thinking about that, I then remembered most of the male characters in that game are dressed in like steampunk clothes with like long sleeves and gloves and stuff. So I imagine that's probably how they make that work. Um, and then Actual Sunlight, which is another story driven um, narrative game. OK, don't I don't really know what it's about a day in the life of this guy. Okay. Um, but it's 1.03 ratio, 11 trophies, and no platinum on that one. That is a rock bottom ratio, but it just means that it must be very quick and easy to play. So maybe it's just just an indicator that it's worth playing, worth checking out. Yeah, it must uh, probably kind of a short game. Um, it's free. It's basically it looks like it's uh, free trophies. So yeah, might as well check it out. Um. But I think that's about it for us. And did you have anything you wanted to say? No, I think it's uh, we had quite a lot of uh, quite a range of content this week. So even though uh, it was quite shallow in the well, not shallow, it was quite limited in the news. We've had quite a few uh, discursive topics. I shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so just remember, we're thinking of you. Yeah, that's what that's what he was saying. Is we were thinking of you. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Wow. That, but okay. <laughs> whoa. Uh, I I need to stop talking. Talking now. <laughs> it's been like an hour and a half. Yeah, a my mouth is saying things before my brain thinks about them. I'm sorry. That I take that back. Me. If your spouse or a significant other or cat looks at the speaker funny or whatever, um, I'm, I apologize a lot. Um, join us again next week so we can think about you wait that's (laughs) wait a second all right uh so that's the end of the show for today you can follow us on twitter at true trophies you can follow me at underscore brand foo um if you are interested in partaking in the uh community interviews let me know uh always looking for more volunteers for that um and personally on a side note if anybody wants to go for the strength of the pack trophy in um, Destiny, I, it's like the last one I need so I can get my platinum. Hit me up on the site. Let me know. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Um, so uh, maybe maybe we can get a gaming session going or something. Maybe we can spruce that up a little bit. Uh, but anyways, uh, that's, I think, it for us today. Uh, have a great one. Have fun. Bye. Bye.